He's Pluto. I'm D-Day. She's Katie. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Dorfman. I'm Niedermeyer. She's Babs. No, that ain't it either. We may act like a bunch of frat boys, but this ain't Animal House. This is Vikings Report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you, buddy? <laughs> this is Faber College in 1962. You know, 1962 had to be the best year of my life. I was a member of Delta Tau Chi. The Deltas. Finished at Faber Expelled. I want you off this campus at 9 o'clock Monday morning. Let's go! Doing great. We're back in the studio. If I had a tail, I'd wag it, Ted. I am happy as hell to be back here doing a show with you, buddy. He's been a real good bull. He's been such a bull. But he's a senior now. He's on the home stretch. I'm going to let him enjoy it. Last time we were in studio, I believe, was the Vikings 1998 season. <laughs> it's been a while, man. We've been doing a lot of live shows with our buddy Chris Gates because all the firings and the hirings and the rumored hirings and then the non-hirings and everything else. <laughs> we want to stay away from that tonight. We're not going to go to Harbaugh. We're not, I don't want to do any Harbaugh stuff, man. we we got enough of that on the live show. It's over. Just like his coordinators in Michigan. They're gone. Everybody's <laughs> jumping ship. Happy to be back here talking football with Toonses and you, and I am ready to rock. I am dandy like cotton candy. Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. Who ah! look at you. How are you doing tonight, Toonses? I'm doing good. Happy to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a, like almost a month, I think. Let's rock. I may have forgot how to do these studio shows. You might have to help me through it. There's one thing I haven't forgot, though. What's that? Ted? Yeah. I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes, Resume the countdown. <laughs> All right. We're back. We got a big show. We are in our full off-season mode. We got Vikings news tonight. It's pretty much the Kevin O'Connell show. We're going to talk about him quite a bit. We got some trivia. Starting next week, the one thing that kind of got our show going last year in the off-season when we were kind of first starting is we did our positional reviews. Instead of talking about draft picks one week and then free agency the next, we decided to bundle it all together. Like like kind of a, a cable and internet and, and phone bundle, whole thing, all in one. And we're going to start that next week. And hopefully our service will be better than Spectrum, which sucks <laughs> immensely. You have Spectrum, they're terrible. Look at this. You can't watch anything on Spectrum. Spectrum is complete garbage. But anyways, so we're going to start our off-season position reviews next week. We're going to start with quarterback. We're going to hit the free agents, potential free agents. We're going to talk about the guys currently on the roster. And then Drew is going to start his big board. Last year, Drew, your big board out of how many guys you profiled, how many ended up getting drafted? It was like 80% right around there, wasn't it? 83%. Ooh. 2020, I hit 81%. Wow, that's pretty so good. I did a lot of math today. It's up 2%, I do believe. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, 83% is not too shabby. And, and, of course, you know, the $64 question is Kirk Cousins and what's going to happen to him. And I think we might talk about that a little bit this week just because O'Connell and the new coach and everything else. Sure. But we're going to really hit that hard next week. 
That's what she said. With trade scenarios, all kinds of stuff. We'll start quarterbacks next week, and then we're going to go down the line. It's going to culminate. How, when's it going to culminate? I'm not even sure what the word culminate means. Okay, to culminate, to arrive at its highest point. You can actually use this in astronomy. But it's going to culminate when, Drew? When the draft gets here. Yeah! The party. Because this year, we're not just doing the first round live. We're doing the first, second, and third round lives. We'll be live Tuesday and Friday night. You better get your rest for that, bro. <laughs> I'm going to be running ragged this spring. Get your vacations out of the way. You got a lot of vacation time coming up. You know why I take a lot of vacations, Drew? Why's that? Because I get a lot of vacation time. Yeah, you should take them. <laughs> take them if you can get them. Where were you when Animal House came out? That would have been, what, 76, 77? Like, the Vikings were still elite back then. They were still going to Super Bowls when Animal House came out. <laughs> Think about how old that movie is. Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer. <laughs> Was killed by his own troops in Vietnam. <laughs> Straighten that cap. And ten. Eight front. A pledge pin on your uniform. What a great movie. Oh, Absolutely best movie ever. That kind of goes hand in hand with Vikings Report. It sort of does. You know, yeah. Vikings Report's kind of the animal house of all the podcasts. We like to have a little fun with people, don't we? A little bit. Football can be fun. It can, can it? Can it be fun? Formative and fun. You can mix it all together. Oh, oh, it. oh my God. You missed it. You've got to be kidding me. We're Vikings fans. I'm not sure we know what fun is anymore. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hit the like and subscribe real quick while you're tuning in and get ready for this big show that we prepared. Yeah. Watch our draft show. And we got the whole position review coming up starting next week. We're going to start with quarterbacks. 13 positions, 195 players. By draft night, you'll be overflowing with draft information, Ted. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. Drewster. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings have a new coach. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Kevin O'Connell. Not to be confused with Jim Harbaugh. Who is not the Vikings coach. Or Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, who's going to thought we are going to be here and he's not. Or Mike McDonald, him either. Not the Mike McDonald for the Doobie Brothers, of course. The... No. <laughs> he won't be the coach. <laughs> what, a, what a fool believes to think we could have had Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> All right, look, shine sweet freedom. Shine the light on me and tell me about Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, who's going to be the next head coach, or so we think, till the rug gets pulled out from under us and we get kicked in the nards again. There are Vikings fans that are thinking, you know, he's not signed, sealed, and delivered yet. He could go elsewhere. Do you think that's going to happen? you think he's a done deal? For the folks that missed the last live show, it was the most classic beginning to every po any podcast that's ever been put on the internet. When Ted started with... Welcome, <laughs> welcome to kicked in the nuts. <laughs> it is what it is, what it is, man. It's not going to happen again. He's the head coach. I don't think so either. 
you know, and this is kind of a good setup. You know, I, I, I wanted Harbaugh to be the head coach because I know what he can deliver. But Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and O'Connell are kind of starting their GM head coaching tree themselves. Brand new. These guys yeah. are really haven't had a lot of experience together. So we talked a, a couple shows ago about falling on their face or this is just going to this is going to blow up and become the new blueprint for the NFL. But yeah, both these guys are young. Both are hungry. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm just as excited for O'Connell, who I chose to be the coach before the Harbaugh frenzy hit. Yeah. So that was the guy I wanted to begin with. It's the start of something that could be very, very fascinating, Ted, because they're both young and they're both go-getters. Thank you, God! What was it about Kevin O'Connell that made him your initial number one choice? The offensive mind and the construction behind it and his background. Okay. If you look at Kevin O'Connell, that guy's been alive. That guy's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. He spent 20 of the 36 years, which is more than half. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Continue. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Playing and coaching football. Yeah. He started in 2002. He's a high school quarterback over at Carlsbad, one of my old stomping grounds in Carlsbad, California. Booyah! alert! Then he went to San Diego State to play there four years, to be a quarterback there at San Diego State under the great Tom Kraft for two years. And then he played under our friend Chuck Long, who was the old quarterback of Iowa. He played there, Chuck Long, and the OC, uh, the great Del Miller. Chuck Long and Del Miller, he played there junior and senior year, learned a ton from them. You remember when Chuck Long was a Heisman candidate for New York <laughs> of Iowa back in the day? Wasn't that early on mid-80s, wasn't it? 1985. The fuzzy-headed kid. The number one ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, they come into a rainy and cold Ohio Stadium. Ohio State, latter years of, of Earl Bruce, they weren't bad, but they weren't, you know, kind of what they are now. Freshman Ohio State student Ted Glover, who can't make an 11 o'clock class to save his life, gets tickets for this game and sitting in the student section. I'm sauced before kickoff, which I believe was an 11 o'clock kickoff. All I'm wearing is a hoodie. I am soaked to the bone. It's a miracle I didn't get pneumonia. Iowa was driving late in the game, and, and Chuck Long threw a pass. I can't remember who it was that almost caught it, but it was broken up by, I want to say it was Todd Bell, who was a safety for Ohio State at the time. Just absolutely clocked the Iowa receiver. Like, knocked him out. It was like it was like Charlie Brown getting hit with a baseball. It's clothes and going everywhere. And, and the stadium just erupted. I was like in the sixth or seventh row. I was like, it <laughs> happened right in front of me, man. It was awesome. And so Ohio State wins. We stormed the field. We tear down the goalposts, and we carried. I was part of the entourage that carried one of the goalposts up to High Street. And so there's like a whole bunch of drunk students, and we got a goalpost, and we carried up to High Street. We're looking around like, what the hell do we do with this goalpost? So we just sort of just sort of dropped it and then went and hit all the bars. It was great. Great time. I have never known anybody that was part of the goalpost carrying. You're the first yeah. person I've ever met. What the hell is that like? I was, I was so drunk, I barely remember it. There was not one sober person carrying that pole. I could barely stand up, man. I was <laughs> I was pulling out of the pole, the goalpost, so I wouldn't fall down. That's how smoked I was. My God, it was bad. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. <laughs> and then you get outside, you don't know what to do with it. What the hell are we going to do with this thing? Anyways, that's why Chuck Long. Oh, that's beautiful. Now Vikings Report episode 51 is underway, <laughs> folks. Drafted in 2008. Third round guy. By the Patriots. Had played for a lot of teams in the NFL. 
you know, it's one of the stories I heard about him was back in 2011, he had one of his stops of a six team tour was the Jets. And at the time he was third string, I think behind Greg McElroy, you know, one of those many Alabama quarterbacks that are going to light it on fire. Yeah. The starter was Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And they said, by the time the end of the season rolled around, they were asking Kevin O'Connell. They weren't even talking to the coordinator anymore. They were asking him how to run these offenses and what we should do against these offenses. But one of the things he said also at San Diego State, after every game, he would write down the things, the, the plays he had trouble with. That's what Kevin Connell's all about. He's just studious. You know, the plays that are good, he already knew. They could tell, Sanchez says during his time with the Jets and other people in the NFL had said, you could tell he was going to be a coach because he wasn't much of a player at the NFL level. He wasn't. <laughs> right. Only attempted, like, I think six passes total in his career or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very quiet NFL career. But kind of everybody knew that he had it up here and he was going to be a coach someday and uh, just kind of rolled from there. And I like his experience, Ted. All that stuff rolled into one. He's been either an offensive coordinator, a quarterback's coach, Played quarterback in high school and college. So quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. He knows quarterbacks. And Lord knows we have a big question about the current quarterback. Look at O'Connell and then compare that to Kubiak and Zimmer. Yeah. Completely lost on the offense and the quarterback. So I'm feeling really good about that. You have to figure out which coordinators he's going to get because that's a big part of it. Right. I think it'll be safe to say he's not going to go three years without having a meeting, a one-on-one meeting with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to go out on a limb there. I would probably agree with that too, Ted. He was quarterback coach in Cleveland in 2015. He was on San Francisco's offensive staff in 2016. Quarterback coach in Washington in 2017 with Kirk Cousins. Was the OC and with Alex Smith 2019. He became the Washington OC. Look at that Washington Redskins team. Back then, they were still the artist formerly known as Washington Redskins. They were 32nd in points, 31st in yards. But when you look at the, what they had for quarterbacks, and I hate to say this, one was former president of the United States, Case Keenum, and then the other one was rookie Dwayne Haskins, my my beloved Ohio State quarterback that hasn't amounted to a hill of beans in the NFL. The guy that they kicked Burrow out the door for. Joe Burrow got injured. Look at Haskins' 2018 numbers. Come he, on. Ted, he, don't, he had don't a good defend. season. Don't, come on. In, in 2020, <laughs> he goes to the – In 2020, he goes to L.A. He's been offensive coordinator for two years. I've, you know, I've watched a couple interviews with him. He's got a couple sayings that Kirk says, and I, and I kind of get it because he approaches it from a quarterback. You got to take care of the football. You got to avoid mistakes, and you got to get into a rhythm. He's a guy that's big into getting quarterbacks into a rhythm, and I think that bears out when you look at the success he's had as an offensive guy. The sooner he gets his quarterbacks going, the more productive they are. A couple things people want to know are the play calling. You always hear, you didn't call the plays. You're hearing a lot of that. And also, what is his overall philosophy compared to Zimmer? Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Throw me some info on that. What I see is a guy that, I don't want to say it's a full West Coast offense, but he has some West Coast stuff there. But it's more of a using the pass, like short passes, to set up the deeper stuff later and then to establish really quality runs after you've got the defense spread out a little bit. Do you watch the Rams play? I don't want to say they're dink and dunk, but they'll get their yards, six yards here, seven yards here, and a lot of it will be short passes, like curl stuff. They'll get the running back kind of, I don't want to say like a, it'll be in the flat, but 
kind of on an intermediate route. They use the tight ends quite a bit. Tyler Higby, if you watch the Rams, been a very productive player for them. You know, you say West Coast and you say, you know, for running game like the Vikings, you know, wide zone and you talk schemes. I don't know that he's so much committed to a particular scheme like the West Coast offense or, or the Don Coriel offense. You know, these phrases that are thrown around. I think he's a matchup guy. I mean, look at Cooper Cup. And you look at the Rams and they do a lot of motion. They get a lot of guys moving pre-snap. And that's to give the quarterback a, a read before the ball is snapped and then try and figure out what the defense, if they're disguising anything, what they're going to do. Are they playing man? Are they playing zone? What kind of zone are they playing? Blah, blah, blah. And then find the matchup that that defense gives that offense. And a lot of times, if you'll notice, it's Cooper Cup matched up on, on an inferior cornerback. Or if they've got the defense really screwed up, they've got Cup on a linebacker or a safety or something. And if I had a thing to say about O'Connell's offense, it would be he looks for matchups more than he is, I think, dedicated to a particular scheme, if that makes any sense. That makes not only sense, that makes my ears happy. And my ears are attached to my head, which is attached to my mind, which is attached to my brain. I like all that information that you just said, Ted Glover. That's, a, that's something we didn't have last year. No, Clint and Zimmer and the Vikings were dedicated to this principle of we are going to run the ball and we are going to establish the run. And it's not that Kevin O'Connell and the Rams don't run the ball. They do, but it's not going to be something they are going to force feed to the detriment of the rest of the offense. When you look at the Vikings offense, and let's just assume that Kirk Cousins is going to be back, Irv Smith is going to be healthy. They figure out a way to bring back, you know, restructure Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson is going to be back. K.J. Osborne emerged as a solid third option at wide receiver. You look at those options and you look at those those pieces, and I, I got to think you're, you're pretty happy if you're Kevin O'Connell coming into this situation for the Vikings. I think so, too. And I think a lot of people are really worried about the – he didn't call the plays. McVay called the plays. But you know what? You got to back up a little bit. Who constructed the plan? Who constructed the positions? Who constructed the pre-snap motion and all that stuff? Who constructed the whole thing? And who sets up the script and who gets the offense going in its initial rhythm? It's it's what O'Connell does during the week, looking at the defense, saying, look, our first 15, 20 plays, this should work. And from there, we're going to be able to establish what their tendencies and what their schemes are in terms of the defense and what we can do right. to further exploit it. And I, I think he's done a pretty good job of that the last couple of years. And that's, I think, the important thing you got to look at. Don't just look at the actual play call that's happening during the game. I mean, that's important. But there's a big plan that's built up around those plays that McVay called. Without that, those plays are useless. And also, also, I'll, I'll say this. The Vikings didn't game plan for opponents. I'm a strict believer. that I, was, I said it last year over and over on the shows with you and Chris, on the live shows. Yeah. We look the same every week. The same, Even if they scripted yeah. plays, it looked the same every week. O'Connell, I hear that he games plan per opponent, and I like that. Ah, thanks. I needed that. And one thing I like about an offensive coordinator becoming the head coach, under Mike Zimmer, he had – what, six offensive coordinators in, in eight years, I believe it was? Oh, that's ridiculous. He, you know, he fired Norv Turner, or who, who resigned, fired John Filippo, and the other guys either resigned or got head coaching gigs. Shermer. Shermer, yeah. I think there's going to be more continuity, whether an offensive coordinator comes and goes, because it's, it's still going to be Kevin O'Connell's offense. And he's going to bring in guys that 
he's familiar with, he wants to work with, that are familiar with his offense and what his philosophy and strategy is. It's good. If, if offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators leave to get head coaching jobs, that's not a bad thing. That's good because that means the Vikings were probably pretty good and have gone to the playoffs. And, I mean, look what happened in 2017. They lost Pat Shermer and, and all that stuff. So losing coordinators is not necessarily a bad thing, especially on the offensive side of the ball now because you've got an offensive head coach. Right. Tannenbaum over there at ESPN, the old GM that mm-hmm. sits in a couple of their panels. Mike Tannenbaum, I think his name is. Oh, he Tannenbaum. Said- oh, Tannenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Oh Christmas Tree? What the hell are you it, talking in about? Germany, it, it, in German, it's Oh Tannenbaum. Isn't it Oh Tannenbaum? Whatever. Yeah, what about, what about Mike Tannenbaum? <laughs> he said Kevin O'Connell's going to be a superstar head coach in this league. I hope so. Is he going to be pl- calling the plays? We'll find out. One of the things that really kind of burned all of us at the end <laughs> is that Zimmer was adamant about calling the defensive plays. And, and uh, okay, that was fine if your defense didn't suck and your team won. But the defense sucked and the team didn't win. The one thing I'm encouraged with with Kevin O'Connell is that more than one person has made this joke. I'm not the first guy to make this. That he's young enough that he, he doesn't have sons old enough that he could put on his coaching staff. So, <laughs> Michael, that's nepotism. Luke is getting special treatment because he's your nephew. Yes, mixing family and business is a beautiful thing. God, when he needed help on earth, who did he hire? Jesus Christ, his son. We're happy about that. Little five-year-old with a Dave Clark headset. We are. From the double A complex! Run it! <laughs> like Boss Baby or something, man. I don't know, whatever. We're so dumb. What are we doing? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. I'm smart, Mike. <laughs> you talked about Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell. Young, first-time GM, first-time head coach, going to kind of grow up together. I don't want to belabor the Harbaugh thing. I don't want to go back to that, but I do want to ask you this. Do you think with, with hiring O'Connell instead of Jim Harbaugh that the Vikings are more dedicated to a full-on rebuild as opposed to, like, if because I think if Harbaugh had been hired, I think it would have been kind of a win-now thing. And the Vikings would have tried to keep the band together as much as possible and make a run with Harbaugh, who's, who's had great success historically in his first few years coming into a franchise. With O'Connell, do you think that that is no longer the case? I mean, I, of course they want to win, but they'll be more willing to get rid of guys that they might not have if Jim Harbaugh had been hired. Or is it still going to be the same approach, you think? No, I think it's going to be a lot, a, a big different approach than if Jim Harbaugh is going to be here. Harbaugh, he's kind of got that personality where you just let him take over. By the time you're done meeting with him, you go, well, just let him do whatever he wants because that's kind of like his personality. They're getting a guy in there now who's going to grow and he's, you have a better chance of him staying than Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh won the Super Bowl, then the next two years for the Vikings, which would have been fine, he probably is gone. Maybe they just want to they build something from the ground up rather than having a guy come in here and say, you know, stomp his foot and say, this is how we're going to do it, which is kind of how it would have worked with Harbaugh. Not to say it wouldn't have worked. And I would bet at some point they asked those guys, look, who do you have in mind for your staff and for your assistant coaches? And again, you know, it's is it legal? Probably not. But does it happen every year in the NFL? Yeah, it does. I, I would bet bottom dollar Kevin O'Connell has already reached out to the guy he wants as his OC, the guy he wants as his defensive coordinator, and the guy he wants as his special teams coordinator and quarterback coach and all that stuff. And I bet within a week his staff is filled out when he gets to Minnesota. 
I think so, too. And this kind of bothered me because there have been some staff movements. This move didn't, didn't bother me. Clint Kubiak is shuffling off the Buffalo. For what? What the hell is he going to do there? Carry Tolliver around? Yeah, offensive guy. I don't know. The second nine play call coordinator is going to be a short dump off pass. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Set up all the holiday functions that happen during the season. Andrew Janako is on his way out. And the one that kind of bugged me is, is Ryan Ficken, last year's special teams coordinator. Really turned around the Vikings special teams unit. They went from worst to one of the best in the NFL. And people say, well, look, these guys are under contract. These are lateral moves. You could even look at Clint's because his offensive coordinator, I think he's either down to a position coach or a runner pass game coordinator. That You could even maybe call that a demotion, and that shouldn't happen. But if you're the Vikings, this is why I think that, you know, O'Connell has told the Vikings who he wants for his coaching staff, and they're cool because they're letting these guys take opportunities that wouldn't be there in a week and a half when O'Connell comes in and fires them anyways. I hope McCardle sticks around. I really like that guy. Yeah, I'd like him to stick around. He's a great positional coach, and he's also yeah. good in the locker room. That's one thing I wanted to mention I didn't write down, but you look at the Sean McVay coaching tree. Yeah, that's a pretty solid coaching tree. And you look at a guy like Bill Belichick. I mean, the McVay coaching tree is having more results than the Belichick coaching tree's had. Maybe McVay's stuff is more transferable. I mean, because, like, maybe only Belichick can do the Belichick way. Because Charlie Weiss couldn't. Romeo Cornell couldn't. And then Patricia? Matt Patricia? <laughs> terrible. I mean, and then, you know, can contrast that with the guys that have been hired as head coaches. It's, you know, touch the cloak of Sean McVay. I, dude, it's it's impressive. All right. I'm actually looking forward to this. You know, I had my hopes up for, for the other guy, and it didn't happen. And, and I, I, the more I look at Kevin O'Connell, the more I read about him, and I've seen some interviews, I, I have some opinions about whether or not I think he'll keep Kirk Cousins, but we'll talk about that next week. All right, so that'll do it for this week's Kevin O'Connell Talk. Both Drew and I are really excited about him coming on board. We're going to take a quick commercial break, then we'll come back with trivia. If you remember our last studio show, we ran a little bit long, and we didn't have time to air our trivia segment. So you're going to see last episode's trivia right after this, and then Drew and I will be back to uh, make our Super Bowl pick and wrap up the show. John Belushi is on his way to a gold medal in the decathlon. They're setting the bar at seven feet. Here's his approach. And he's got it! Belushi's won the gold. Now he's going for the world's record. He's making his move. They're in the final turn. He's kicking it in. He's got it! Spectacular time. A new world's record. Unbelievable. What a day for John Belushi. I logged a lot of miles training for that day, and I downed a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. They taste good, and they've got the sugar I need to get me going in the morning. That's why little chocolate donuts have been on my training table since I was a kid. Little chocolate donuts. The donuts of champions. There was a stranger who came into our town. He was tall and had eyes that could look right to the bottom of you. We might have welcomed him, except for one thing, his pants. They weren't dull like ours, and this troubled us. Stranger, how is it your pants have colors and flared legs? He just smiled and said, I'm wearing Levi's. Dull has gone out of style. Then in his strange way, he transported us to a world of Levi's slacks and jeans, tweeds, cords. 
flares with Dacron polyester. It was magic. Bush jeans, blue jeans, bells, beautiful Levi's magic, coveralls, knickers, and mitts. And we cried for more. No, I must go to other towns, he said, and he left. Left us with our new Levi's. Yes, we'll miss that stranger. But you know, life will never be dull in our town again. By the way, how are things in your town? Welcome to Toonsis Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toonsis. How are you? Good, Drew. How are you? I'm doing hot. Meow, 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 meow. How are you doing? Good. Today's categories have to do with the general manager and head coach topic that we're on. We have GM candidates named Brady. This could be people with the first name or last name Brady. Ooh. We have Brady Bunch characters that are candidates for GM. <sighs> sure, Jan. <laughs> I vote for Marsha right now. <laughs> I got some stories about Marsha, but I'll save them. And then we have our typical category of Vikings trivia of former GMs and head coaches. Okay. Sounds good. All right, let's go. All right. For 100 GM candidates named Brady. I am currently the head coach of San Diego State. I was the head coach of Michigan from 2011 to 2014. Brady Hoke. Brady Manball Hoke, wouldn't it? <laughs> the great Brady Hoke. Ohio. Good job. Yeah, he won't say it. That team from Ohio. Here we go for 200. <laughs> I played college at Notre Dame and then played in the NFL on the Browns, Broncos, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. Needless to say, I sucked. Uh, Brock. Oh, uh, Brady, first... Brady Quinn. No, no, no. His first nope. name was Brock, and his last name was Dieter Brock. Oh. It's Brady, Drew. Ted is correct. It was Thank Brady you, Ted Quinn. Clover. Never mind my uh, drivel. What's it called? Drizzle? Dribble. Okay. All right, for 300. I'm a comedian famous for my appearance on Whose Line Is It Anyway? I also had my own talk show and hosted Don't Forget the Lyrics. I believe that's Wayne Brady. Very good. Excellent GM candidate. We're sweeping it right now. Yes, you are for 400. I played linebacker at Brigham Young and then played for the Packers from 05 to 2010 before ending my career playing two useless seasons with the Rams and Cowboys. Who am I? It's a harder one. That's what she said. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that right when I said it. Joe Brady. Okay, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. You guys don't remember Brady Papinga? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do. Ted, how do we make? Come on, Ted. When I think of BYU, I don't think of Brady Papinga. No, I usually think of a Samoan name. They have a lot of Samoan players that play at that school. Brady Papinga. Dated Topanga. Topanga from that show? What was her yeah. name? I don't know. Didn't watch the show. Yeah, you did. Boy Meets World, was that the show? That's, you watched it. I didn't. That was the one with Minkus. <laughs> Minkus. <laughs> Minkus, Minkus, Minkus. You guys done? <laughs> okay, next category is candidates from the Brady Bunch show. Our first candidate is... I would be a great GM considering I created the show. That would be Sherwood Schwartz. True, you are correct. <laughs> Sherwood Forrest Schwartz. How about that for some knowledge? Come on, man. That's good. That is good knowledge. All right, for 200, Mike Brady's job as this would put him in line to 
build a great team. Oh, he's an architect, I believe. That is correct. <laughs> I thought he was a Coke dealer. He would make a great GM. All right, for 300, I was Alice's boyfriend and would make a great GM so I could slice and dice the opposing defenses. The Butcher Sam, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sam, Did Sam the Butcher. Did we ever know Sam? It was Martin. Sam Martin. Was it? I always heard Sam the Butcher. I never heard his last name on that show. All right. This one is kind of convoluted, so I'm going to try to explain as much as possible. It was hard to form this question. Okay. I would be a great GM because my name has been used to describe the addition of a young character as an attempt to save a series from cancellation. Oliver? Oh, Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, They added that kid (laughs) Oliver, right? Yes, it is yeah. Cousin Oliver. You could have just said, who's that dipshit kid they added? <laughs> okay, here's some regular trivia. Former Vikings head coaches and GMs for 100. What was the very first team that Bud Grant played for? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, wasn't it? That is correct. Good job. All right, for 200, what college did Jerry Burns play for before becoming a coach? Iowa? I was going to say he coached at Iowa. Did he play at Iowa, too? I'm guessing Iowa. Okay, Iowa. No, Drew. Bad, bad. Michigan. <gasps> Michigan. Drew Bunting did not know that question? Yeah, am I going to get fired today? Because that's a fireable offense right there. I, I mean, that's that's as bad as Spielman not being able to build an offensive line for 10 years. What can I say? I never, I never received a Juris Doctorate. I don't know. <laughs> I missed that one. I am ashamed that I didn't know that. Although I missed, I remember way back when I missed an Ohio State question way back when when you're eating your chocolate covered chocolate donuts <laughs> those are good donuts man all right for 300 who is the vikings first gm ever it wasn't jim finks wasn't it that hoagland guy that sounds right yeah let's max go with winter that. or max scott winter. or scotland or something yeah it was like some scotland. In it. scotland let's go with that okay sorry it was burt rose oh the great burt rose ted that he played for the Reds. Remember him? No. And then he got banned from baseball because he bet on baseball. Burt Rose. <laughs> All right. So you do great on the stupid categories and you flop on the real categories. <sighs> Slemma. Okay. For 400, what former Steelers quarterback was a Vikings GM? Jim Finks. Jim, Jim Finks. I would say, wasn't it? There you go. Good job. Man, I was getting ready to say Terry Hanratty. I'm really glad I didn't say that. <laughs> All right. We are back. Thanks, Tunces. Appreciate all the hard work, Tunces. Drew, I don't know about you, but tomorrow, manana is the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. What are we on? Why do they do Roman Moomer? Why don't they just do numbers? I can't stand it, dude. I, I think it's 56, but I'm not sure. L-V-I, which is Super Bowl 56 in Roman numerals. Stupid. Who's going to win, Ted? In my heart, I want to see the Cincinnati Bengals win because I'm a sucker for underdog teams and teams that have never won the Super Bowl being a Vikings fan. I I would hope teams that are fans of teams that have never won a Super Bowl would be cheering for the Vikings if they were in it. I'm going to be cheering for Ohio State legend Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think think the Rams are going to win. I think the Rams, uh, you look at the Rams' defensive line with – Aaron Donald and and going up against that Bengals offensive line that is just a hot mess. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be 
running for his life. I think the Rams are going to win, but the Bengals got a shot. If they can somehow slow down Los Angeles's pass rush, they got a shot. No need to add to it. That's exactly how I feel about this game. Exactly right across the board. I want to see Joe Burrow with a cigar celebrating it. That's what I wanted because that game is cool. I would kind of like it if the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings is coming off a sparkling Super Bowl win. Thank you all, all of you who, who are longtime listeners and viewers. Really appreciate your support. Our audience just keeps growing. We're so in, entirely grateful for that. Drew, thanks for being an awesome co-host and a smart football mind. Ruby, thanks for being a technical genius and making sure all this stuff happens. And I'm just here for the dumb jokes. Drew, take us home. Great to be back for episode 51. Thank you all for tuning in. If you have questions for us, you can leave those in the comments below. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. See if you can guess what I am now. I'm a zit. Get it? Mm-hmm.